Hello there. Welcome to the Leaders of Continuous Improvement podcast. My name is Arjun Patel, and you'll be hearing from the top operational experts in the industry that deal with the chaos of trying to lead projects and Kaizen events that improve processes and eliminate waste. This podcast is meant to provide tangible advice, case studies, interpretations, and ideologies of all things continuous improvement. It really does take transformational change to do a continuous improvement manager's job. So, welcome to the Leaders in CI podcast. On today's episode, we have special guest Vitaly Sokolovsky, who is the director of continuous improvement at Walmart. Vitaly will be covering how he thinks and applies CI strategies in his workforce. First off, thank you for having me on the program. I really appreciate it. How I got into continuous improvement, I went to, after college, so I went to Chico State, graduated in late 2000s, and then I got my first job working for a company in the distribution center, just being a logistics supply chain manager. I did that for about six years, and then I got a great opportunity to start learning about continuous improvements. And I started doing that, I started using to my advantage when I was an area manager running my operation, and I seen the benefits out of the system. So a couple of years later, I got promoted to being a senior manager for half of the distribution centers filling out continuous improvements. And then about two years later, I changed jobs and I, be, I joined Walmart and I'm a continuous improvement director for Walmart. I want to put myself in stressful situations and that's mm-hmm. the only way I get better. I <laughs> That's why I like to put myself in those situations probably every couple of years where I look, where is my career going? What should be the next strategic steps for me to advance and what skill sets do I need to develop? So I place myself in those situations. What, what What's your role like right now? Like um, I, I know you're, you're working at Walmart. Um, so I guess, well, what's your role now and what, what are your responsibilities? So I'm basically in charge of rolling out the methodology of continuous improvement within the company across a handful of distribution centers that I work with. And I that ent- entails uh, teaching the methodology and driving projects that improve process as well. How do you think about continuous improvement? You know, like when you're first getting into a job or um, first um, taking on the challenge, like what what are the steps you take to really uh, start, you know, your own initiatives? So first you need to work on understanding the business and then understanding the team members, the managers that are doing the job. And the way you approach it is you become a teacher. And you start teaching about the culture, the tools, the benefits, how to do everything from ground up. Because where a lot of companies fail is they implement the tools and they say, now you need to start using these tools like bypass guys and events to improve your operation. And that's it, we're done, go use the tools. But they don't do anything to change the culture. And if you're not going to change the culture of the company, we're focusing more on continuous improvement. It's not something that I do on the side. It's some, it's part of my job. 
Like just like safety when I'm working, I need to work safe. It's not something I do on the side when I have work, when I have time. Same thing with continuous improvement. Something that you need to do as part of your regular everyday job. It's not an addition. So you teach the culture because without that, nothing happens. It's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Especially yeah. once you leave. What Vitaly is saying is the best way to implement CI is to first become a teacher and not just implement the tools such as like Kaizen or 5S, but to change the culture and empower your employees to, to, to make it a part of their job, not just a sidestep of their job. So I asked the question, is continuous improvement driven top down or bottoms up? And this is what he had to say. It gets rolled out from the top down and it gets implemented from bottom up. But what I mean by that is the expectations need to be set by senior leadership that this is going to be our culture. This is how we're going to operate. It's not something that's a choice. This is going to be how we're going to run our business going forward. And that trickles down all the way to every level of the organization. And then when you start implementing it, you actually start empowering the frontline associates, frontline managers to use the tools to see lots in their operation and turn their job from and just going here and getting paid to throw cases on the belt to now I have a purpose in my job. I understand what, how I'm supporting the organization and I could even improve my own processes because now I'm trying to learn the tools. So I'm gonna start being more efficient, but not working physically as hard. Vitaly really emphasizes the point that leadership should, should embrace the aspect of continuous improvement before it's even implemented. Uh, if there's no leadership support, the whole thing is going to fail and fall apart, and that's something that you certainly don't want within the organization. The next thing I asked Vitaly is, you know, how do you set expectations with your leadership team uh, that it's not just about revenue, it's about uh, supporting your organization? And this is what he had to say about it. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the, from my experience and what I have read, that is one of the top reasons why continuous improvement fails in operations when they implement it. Because as they implement it, they want to see return investment pretty soon. And I don't blame them. It is a very, because you have to invest a lot in the front end to implement a continuous improvement system. So they want to see the return investment right away. But it takes Toyota has been doing continuous improvement. They developed this methodology for about 50, 60 years. And then when you talk to them, you read their books now, they're saying they're only 50% 50, 50 complete to where they need to be. So just um, think about the investment that Toyota has put into this and they're only halfway there. Yeah, so when yeah. it comes to, right? So when it comes to companies, they wanna see the same thing. And they want to see improvements, improvements, improvements. But because you haven't built the culture yet, it kind of creates that feeling that motion is going to make us more productive. But motion mm -hmm. does not always equal productivity, right? Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. If, yep. And th that's where the company fails because they push for that instead of culture first, which is probably three, five years just growing that organically within the operation and then start seeing massive improvements because now it really becomes the culture of the company. From my experiences, unless you are the senior leader in the company pushing it from 
top down, it's very hard to make it work like on my level. It would be pretty hard for me to make it work if that wasn't happening. What have been some like very successful strategies that you've seen in your career uh, that really, really worked um, in terms of like tangible, a tangible way of actually uh, uh, taking on that culture change? My favorite one that not only drives the culture, but also shows an ROI and improves metrics is uh, this method, process improvement methodology called Kaizen events. And what Kaizen means is quick, rapid change. And it does a couple of things. To do a Kaizen event, you do it with a team of people that actually do the job. So you do it with hourly associates and floor-level managers to actually do their job. And it's usually a three- to five-day process where you implement the improvements, you understand the failure points, you implement improvements, you pilot them, and you actually implement the future state by the end of the fifth day. And what that does to the culture is it empowers the frontline associates to fix the issues they have been dealing with forever. So now if I'm an associate and I have been put into this event, and after five days, I see an improvement. Now I have a couple more skills that I, I was taught. I go to the break room, I go home, and I tell my friends, I tell my coworkers, say, this is how I'm developing myself on my job. And it just starts spreading like wildfire. I had a, I did one of these events a few years back in this distribution center that was open for 10 years. And the associate that was there, in the picture that's in the picking module, you have to pick and you have to reach into tubs and you have to pull out the product. Well, these tubs were constantly damaged because they were moved in and out by cranes because a lot of different issues, right? So yeah. we did a Kaizen event where we actually had associates come in. One of the associates we found out during the event, like she was an artist. So she, we developed this brand new toad and we developed a couple of other countermeasures that we put in all brought up by associates. And we were able to implement the plan by the end of five days. So after the event, the associate came up to me and she, and her eyes were teary. And she said, hey, for this whole time working here, I was looked at as just a machine. I'm getting asked to throw more and more and more on the belt. And that's it. That's the only thing that the team wants from me. This was the first time that someone ever listened to my suggestions and actually helped me implement them to make my job better. And she's like, thank you. And just think how powerful that is to the culture. Oh my what God, What is she going to yeah. tell her coworkers? What is she going to tell her family when she goes home? And imagine doing that, doing these quick, rapid improvements strategically throughout the operation or, or the building that you're working with, the benefit is going to lead. And then on the other side, what does it do to the improvements, to the numbers? Now you start seeing the results the following week. Instead of when you do long projects that last for about six, eight months, it's so slow to see results from those projects. It's very hard to build up the culture doing it that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd imagine like um, giving, that, that's, that is actually very powerful, you know, um, giving the people that work on, on the floor every single day, uh, the autonomy to to give out and promote ideas that actually get implemented. 
it, it is a very empowering feeling. You know, um, they're a, they feel more a part of the company's goal at the end. You know, they don't feel like just another uh, like what you what you mentioned, like a machine. They don't feel like another just uh, asset that uh, the company's accounting for. They feel like they're a company owner in a sense. You know, trying to improve processes. Exactly. Yep. And that that's you're snowball. giving them. Yeah, exactly. You're giving them a purpose, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. That that's that's a great. You know, uh, that that's like a great. Um, I guess call out is, uh, is giving, like making sure management is aligned with, um, what your what their expectations are of continuous improvement, and then you giving them feedback, saying like you know like the best way to. Uh, apply continuous improvement is giving uh, the frontline workers the autonomy to improve their own processes or improve processes as a whole and take their ideas and formulate it into execution. So uh, that, that's that's an amazing strategy and like anecdote that you just described. Um, wh where have you seen uh, where have you seen strategies fail besides just like management buy-in? Like, have you seen where continuous improvement um, hasn't really worked out? If uh, I've seen it fail when, when it doesn't get support from the top, that's, the space, that's where I've seen that fail. Besides that, there's definitely different ways that you could m make it gel a lot faster. Like where you do, and I go back to the Kaizen methodology, like my mm -hmm. favorite saying is, don't let best be the enemy of better. And what that means is you don't want to start when you roll out the the system in a in a building or at your work, trying to do these big improvements and telling everyone, hey, we're going to save so much, we're going to improve this process, we're going to improve this process by so much more. The key is doing little quick improvements that are flashes that show bright spots, that show, hey, look, we improved this in two days, we improved this in four days, we improved this in a week. And then people start seeing what this could do for them. And then they start buying in. And the more little improvements you do, it just starts spreading. Because if you think about it, if you just save one second per pack in a box in a distribution center, per social where they pack 2,000, 3,000 boxes a day times 1,000 people, think about just making a little improvement just saves the company money just because how many times that process happens over and over and over again in a day. It seems like the number one reason why things end up failing is because there's no management buy-in. So I think what Vitaly's really trying to get at is show sm some sort of small improvement to show that there are net positive improvements going on. You know, whether it's just one second of increased productivity, you want to show that you're that your efforts are actually improving the processes, even just a little bit. And the more small small wins you get, it'll accumulate into more data that you could show your upper level management that something is working and you are making a transformational difference in the organization with continuous improvement. Do you see like um, any changes in the way people approach continuous improvement after uh, COVID-19? Do you think COVID-19 has like any sort of impact on how people approach continuous improvement, or um, is it more of just like a doubling down of it? I think it's, and are you asking more about post or in the current state of our epidemic? I, 
I guess we could start with the current state and then we could talk about post afterwards. I mean, I think in the cur in the current state, you just have to make sure you're keeping social distancing. If yeah. you are doing improvements, if you are coaching your team, you want to make sure you're still you're following social distancing to the T, and maybe even slowing down the progress where now you're on your own in the building is doing the improvements, mm -hmm. and also observing kind of the breaking points in the operation and using this as more of a a team. Let's See if we could see the loss that we're seeing right now that we could improve on once we get get out of this epidemic. Because for yeah. the companies right now that are operating still, their volume most likely is through the roof, right? Because yeah. demand and supply. So now this is a really good time to see if we're failure modes. So we have a really good strategic plan once we get out of this epidemic to improve and it's just going to make us so much better. That's, yeah. And then for post-epidemic, I think the way the companies rebound from this is going to show them how agile and lean they are in their operation and how fast can they adapt. Because what continuous improvement also teaches you is not only to improve processes through specific events, but also you start thinking differently about your business. And if you're thinking always, hey, kind of how can I improve this process? I'm ready for change, change adds me value, then you're gonna use this opportunity to even improve your business even more. But the companies that are not doing continuous improvement where they're, they've been stuck in their way for years and they're not good at changing and they don't know how to change and think strategically, they're gonna come out of this epidemic very slow to adapt into the new world to the change in the economy to how people operate and that may hurt that's really going to hurt their bottom line yeah yeah i completely agree with that sentiment you know um like what you described earlier you know kaizen events and continuous improvement is about rapid iteration and how fast you can adapt and uh, this is be a litmus test of you know what organizations really do adopt lean methodologies, you know, not just like fake lean, but like real uh, lean methodologies to be able to adapt to to different changes and different external outcomes or internal outcomes um, to uh, to save money or increase efficiency, essentially, um, while adapting to the changes that are happening in the world. Uh, exactly. It seems the overarching theme of this discussion has been driving culture change to really have successful continuous improvement and lean implementations. It's usually driven by top management and implemented by um, the frontline workers. And the way to actually get management buy-in is to get as many small wins as you can to show data that you are improving the processes. I really hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast episode with Vitali. He was a wonderful guest with amazing insights. Uh, from his initiatives that he's done in his past roles and at Walmart. On next week's episode, we're gonna have a really great discussion about different cultures and how they implement lean with Paul Akers. See you then.